Welcome to the Chronically Courageous Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Howard. Since I was a child, I've had chronic pain, yet was told time and time again that it was all in my head. So I pushed through my symptoms and I built a successful career until I found myself crouched on the floor of my office, barely conscious. After finally getting a diagnosis, I had to learn how to embrace the life I've been given as fully and happily as possible. Now, it's my mission to help you do the same. Join my guests and I each week for inspiring stories and tips on navigating the complexities of chronic illness. Together, I believe we can move forward with courage, passion, and purpose. Welcome everybody back to the Chronically Courageous. Today I have with me Sinead Cracknell, and I'm very excited to introduce you all to her. She's an incredible woman. She's an intuitive, a soul elevation coach, an energy healer, and she helps people overcome deep trauma, breaking through their fears and limitations, and stepping into their aligned soul purposes. After years of battling with anxiety, drug addiction, and depression, and being diagnosed with bowel cancer, she was misdiagnosed as having paranoid schizophrenia. She found her power to heal without any outside support or therapy. Sinead uses a combination of psychotherapy, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, soul transformation therapy, somatic work, and energy healing to help facilitate deep healing, on the physical, mental, and emotional and spiritual levels. Sinead offers soul plan readings, which by the way, I got one and it's really remarkable. It really, really hit home and so much of it was just spot on. And those soul plan readings help clients to uncover their unique and soul purpose and to be prepared to overcome challenges. And she is also trained in a couple of different very powerful healing modalities, such as Rahani and Ahai. I hope I said that correctly. You did. <laughs> Wonderful. So welcome, Sinead. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Bonnie. Thank you so much. Of course. So... Um, as you may know, the show focuses a lot on people that have overcome illnesses of various kinds. And um, I know, you know, and, and that includes, you know, mental illness as well as physical. And I want to just, if we could step back a little bit for you, I know you're in a very different place now, but could we talk a little bit about your cancer diagnosis and that journey? Of course, of course. So... 2000 and I'm trying to think now I don't want to get all my years muddled up 2016 2016 I was diagnosed with bowel cancer I had probably it was it was a shock let's put it that way <laughs> I had spent the prior I think between six to eight months on various visits to doctors and hospitals to understand what was happening to me um I was at the time in excruciating pain um I looked like I was nine months pregnant um and I went for lots of different tests and x-rays and they were giving me lots of different pills and basically said a lot of the time that it was um constipation or diarrhea or sickness or you know everything else but what it really was 
Um, and it took me keeping going back to the doctors and to the hospital and keep kind of pushing and pushing and saying this isn't right and it's not getting any better. And um, one amazing doctor, um, a local doctor, decided, well, she just knew straight away this isn't right. I'm going to send you for a colonoscopy. So I went for a colonoscopy on the Saturday and by the Monday I was in the hospital under the knife having surgery. Hmm. And it wasn't until after the surgery that they realised that it was bowel cancer. Wow. Oh my gosh. So when they, when they did the surgery, did they remove your bowel or what, what did that entail? They basically... Um, they removed part of my bowel. Um, what I had was some rather large, rather large doesn't even cover it. I was going to say rather large polyps, but actually one was the size of a tennis ball, they told me, and the other one was the size of like a satsuma um, at both ends of my large bowel. Um, so they took those out, um, removed those parts of the bowel, and then I was left. Um, I was basically woke up with a colostomy bag, which mm. I wasn't necessarily expecting because I didn't know the severity of the situation. So it was a shock to be woken up with that, but also to then have to go through the journey of kind of manoeuvring my way and navigating my way around living with a colostomy bag. Mm. So how, how have you navigated around that? How is, what kind of adjustments have you made in your life physically, emotionally? I don't have it anymore. I'm very, very lucky that I don't have it anymore, but that's, oh. it's, it's been a journey since then. Um, so to start with, it was a lot of learning how to put it on and learning oh. to get used to the fact that my body was now covered in scars and I couldn't go to the toilet like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a messy mess <laughs> a lot of the yeah. time as yeah. well. Oh um, and I don't have a sense of smell, so it was really difficult to know what was happening because of that whole area of my body was completely numb as well. So I couldn't mm. feel if any what was going on. So I was constantly checking, um, and I wasn't aware if anything had leaked. We're going to go into some dirty details now, but I'm just going to okay. be completely transparent with you. I wasn't aware when things had leaked, so it was it was a constant, you know, battle to kind of just keep check and just keep an eye on everything at, at the mm. time and it was just I mean it devastated me the whole process of having to wear a colostomy bag at the time it just broke my heart um and it it just I, I can't but the I got used to it because it became part of me Right. Um, I think I even gave it a name, but I can't really remember <laughs> what that was. <laughs> <laughs> We'd rather forget about it. Yeah. 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 Yes. Oh my gosh. But it was just like, but the, the, I mean, the nurse that helped me to kind of work through that, she was so helpful. But mm. um, I mean, it was an ongoing, an ongoing battle for a few years 
because um, it wasn't just one surgery and I have the colostomy bag and away I went. It was a few surgeries and then mm-hmm. eventually they removed my entire large bowel. And in between the first surgery and the last one, I went through a colostomy bag to an ileostomy bag to then have nothing. And obviously at that time I had to continue to like train myself to do certain things. And there was with the surgeries, there was a lot of kind of up and down mentally, emotionally, physically, and the impact that it made on my daughter with the length, like the periods of time that I was in hospital and obviously Mm. having to rely on for my family for support and everything. So it wasn't just, you know, I'm sure anybody, even yourself going through a a chronic illness, you know, it's, it, it has a huge psychological and emotional impact on us and everyone around us. Absolutely. So how old was your daughter when you went through the surgery, when you went through your initial diagnosis and surgery? She was four. She oh, was wow. between wow. three and four. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, and I that's, have... that's so heartbreaking because I, I have been there and I, I understand, I mean, not with it, you know, not with the, um, the same exact situation, but having my son, have to see me go through many major surgeries and this, you know, pain, screaming in pain and, you know, not being able to help yourself, but knowing you're, you're hurting your child is just agonizing. Yeah, it was devastating. And she hated coming to the hospital and hated seeing Mm. me with tubes everywhere. And it scared the life out of her. And it it is terrifying for a a young, innocent child to see. Um, But I think the most the thing that made the most impact was the fact that I wasn't there, you know, and it was like nearly every few months I was going into hospital. So mm. it really had an effect on her. And she felt like, I mean, now she struggles to be with anybody other than me Aww. because yeah, of but, that. I think right. that's, that's, you know, a massive contributing factor to some of her behaviors at the moment. So obviously mm. I'm trying to, reparent her <laughs> um, yes. and, and parent her at the same time so yeah right right yeah I, you know I actually did an episode about that about you know being a parent and actually there I, I believe there are certain good things that can come of it I think it gives our kids a lot of resilience it allows them to learn how to be caretakers I mean obviously we never want to put our children in these positions but it does teach them, you know, people get sick and things happen. And sometimes we need to, you know, step in and help out. And, you know, mommy can't be there all the time. And mommy can't be perfect all the time. Mommy's human. So, you know, mm. it's, it's kind of, you know, there's, a, there's a couple of ways of looking at it. Obviously, if we had the choice, we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't want our children to see us that way. But, but I do believe that long term, you know, I've seen my son's now 18. And he's, you know, he's a very caring, nurturing child and um you know he knows he knows how to step up when he needs to so yeah Mm. so I was looking at your Instagram profile and I saw that you had a video there about your journey and one of the things I I just love this video you have a video that where doctors told you you could never eat vegetables or fibrous foods again and you kind of said no that's that's not going to be it for me so talk to me like what gave you the the courage and the the insight to know that even though these doctors were telling you one thing that you knew in your heart that you could do it? Um, well, obviously they told me that I wasn't allowed or it was 
it wasn't advisable that I eat certain foods because it was going to cause more harm than good. And I'd got to a place in my life where I was enjoying eating vegetables, enjoying eating nourishing foods. And I, for someone who'd struggled with a lot of eating disorders up until that point, I was like, I am not having anyone tell me what I can and can't eat. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of that when I was growing up as a child. And then to go through everything with the eating disorders, I was like, I'm happy where I am. You're not going to make me change that. So it was, I was stubborn. And I basically said, thank you very much, but that's not what's going to happen. So I pretty much just trained my mind and my body to accept the foods that mm. I wasn't supposed to be eating. Right. So <laughs> it just took a lot of, as I just mentioned, stubbornness, but also mm -hmm. just the sheer willpower to do it. And there, there weren't, I mean, it wasn't easy at all by any means um but i persevered and i was consistent and i can now pretty much eat whatever i like um awesome. and i was just like i'm not having this i am not eating processed foods i'm not just going to be eating carbs i'm not just gonna be i'm just like i'm not doing that <laughs> right that's the that's the opposite of, of what you should be doing right if you're trying to heal so very glad. I, for one, am glad you listened to your intuition and, and followed <laughs> it. And you were stubborn. Stubborn can be a good thing, for sure. Yes, <laughs> I've, I I've been told I'm stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> so another thing, I'm going to go back to your Instagram profile because it's always fun to look at what you're posting. But this kind of hit me. I saw that you posted today that um, wellness is the complete integration of mind, body, and soul. The realization that everything we do, think, feel, and believe has an effect on our state of well-being. So can you talk to us more about how that relates to physical illness, all the things that we do in our lives and all the things that we see and feel and think? From my experience and knowledge that many, if not most, physical symptoms that we experience will have been a manifestation of either a trauma, traumatic experience, emotional, energetic blocks, or it'll basically have an emotional and an energetic component. And I, my belief is that my own bowel cancer was caused by me suppressing a lot of trauma, me suppressing a lot of emotions, me suppressing so many things um, and that's from my experience. I'm not saying it's the same for everybody, but from the clients that I have, my energy healing clients and a lot of my coaching clients, it appears to be that way. So when we think about healing physical symptoms, I think it's very important that we look at the mind, the body and the soul mm -hmm. as a, we look at ourselves uh, uh, holistically not just focus on one area at a time. I think it's really important to have support and to focus on all areas. And if that means that you do one thing at a time and you eventually get to each kind of physical, like the mind, body and the soul, that's great. But I think it's really important that people recognize that it's, it's an integrative, holistic approach that is needed. Yes, 
I love that. I love that. And I've seen so much connection between trauma and, and physical illness. I think it's, it is a direct correlation. Mm. Uh, you know, I've even spoken to a traditional Western doctor about that and he did not disagree. He said he's, he's seen the same thing. So mm. it's yeah. very, very real. Yeah. Well, in that post that you mentioned specifically, I believe I spoke about the different energies that we have in a, within our body and mm. that it all starts with the accumulation. So for example, um, well, let's, if we think about the liver and if there's like a buildup of, um, or a blockage around, uh, frustration, or anger that can manifest then into issues with the small intestine and then obviously spread and uh, create intolerances um, and that worst case scenario liver cancer things like that right. so Crohn's or, so yeah I mean that's just one specific organ and if we look at our body as a whole there's going to be a lot more to it it's not just right. you know it's not just the the symptom I mean the physical symptom may not really you really need to kind of have to go back to the originating like where is that coming from in our body what is that relating to what is that emotionally relating to what is it relating to energetically as well and what trauma have we been through because it is it's generally going to be an issue around that yeah i 100% agree mm. so what made you decide to become a coach and a healer so I think when I had, I think it was either my last surgery or the one before my last surgery, my bowel cancer surgeries, a lot happened in that, <laughs> as that happened, I had the surgery, I split up with my ex-husband, mm. I moved house, uh, my, one of my grandparents died, this was in the space of like two to three months, and mm. then about six months later I found myself sitting in a ladies lounge that I'd never met before being attuned to my first energy healing uh, modality which was what my very first was Sekhem which is an Egyptian form of Reiki hmm. so yes that's how where it all started how I got there I really don't know <laughs> It was meant to be, it right? Just, the universe guided me to this beautiful lady's house, which I'm ever so grateful for because that's where it started and, and obviously it's progressed since then. So it took me a while to really embrace that that's who I was, a healer. Um, but as this year's kind of progressed, I've really embraced that more and more. And... I was training to be a counsellor, to be a therapist. And that's mm. what my heart had been set on for years. For about four to five years, I've been training. Um, I had one year left to qualify. And I decided um, earlier on this year that I wasn't going to do that anymore. I actually wanted to be a coach. Mm, okay. So here I am. <laughs> and nice. since then I've qualified to become a coach and I've done lots of different courses and I've helped lots of people and it, this is what truly lights me up 
Wonderful, wonderful. What was it that you said you kind of resisted becoming a healer when, when you were kind of going from that, you know, regular traditional psychotherapist to a healer? What was the resistance there? Um, I don't think there was a resistance. I think it was more of a case that I... The thing with the, the therapist, being a therapist and being a counsellor, is that I am incredibly intuitive and psychic, mm -hmm. and I was picking up a lot more from people than what they were telling me. So mm. I think that was one of the reasons why I decided to put that to one side um, and to concentrate on going out all, like all out woo woo and spiritual and stuff like that. So I really wanted to embrace who I was at the core, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I couldn't do that if I was going to fit into this box of being a therapist or a counselor. And some may people, like some people may scoff at the decision to kind of back out a year prior to qualifying. But actually, it took me a while to make that decision, but it is the best decision I've ever made. Definitely. Good for you. Well, it sounds like you, you've, you've been following your intuition on several levels and it's, it's served you well. So. I, I think it's a good idea to keep keep going in that direction. You've got into good intuition, so I'm very <laughs> sure. For Thank sure. you, Bonnie. <laughs> of course, of course. So, as a coach now, I know you've you've helped many clients heal. Can you think of a specific story or two that you'd like to share of a client that had a certain situation? Of course, keeping the anonymity and everything. What changes they made after going through your healing? I have had many clients I mean with even with my energy healing clients I'm coaching as well so you know I do have one-to-one -one coaching clients um but I have energy healing clients as well so there's a coaching element there and the clients with from energy healing a lot of physical symptoms so I had one specific client who was experiencing physical symptoms in her shoulders her the left side of her body her shoulders and neck down her arm um, and she'd been experiencing these symptoms for years and had been to the doctor and been to the chiropractor and they kept coming back and kept coming back and she also struggled to really embrace her own voice her own authenticity her own vulnerability and basically after two sessions of healing with me the pain had completely gone wow um, she has changed careers, really opened up and she had been through some sexual trauma and she had really opened up and kind of confronted the person who had abused her, um, mm. which she would never have done before. So she just, she, I'm not saying that that was me. It's got, you know, I just facilitated the healing and she took these steps herself, but it was just like, she was a completely different person after the healing mm. with me. Um, Beautiful. And she released a lot of emotion. And I think that what was happening was that there was a lot of grief and loss and she had issues um, around the left side being the feminine side so a lot of issues around her mom and around herself and you know so yeah that's one <laughs> client I can tell you a little bit about but there are so many stories Bonnie I'd be here all day <laughs> that's wonderful no I, I love hearing the stories though because it just you know it, it lets us all know that there are 
ways to heal beyond Western medicine and not to say, you know, in certain cases, obviously Western medicine is appropriate, but you know, I, I just, I just love hearing these stories and I love sharing them with my audience because there, you know, there is so much hope out there. And I know for me, there was a time when, you know, I was told that what I have is incurable, degenerative, chronic, you know, it's never going to get better. It's progressive and it's, it's just, you know, going to get worse and worse. And, and I believed it for a period of time. And now I'm like, no, bullshit. It's not. It's, it, <laughs> that's not what's happening here. Because now I took control. I took my power back. And I've been doing a lot of energy healing and other modalities that are helping me tremendously. And I feel mm-hmm. better than I have in years, that's decades. Incredible. That's yeah, so, it's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think whilst we're on the subject of energy healing, so I just want to say, because I know many people will go, oh, well, I'll just go to an energy healer and I'll be cured and everything's going to work miraculously. Everything's going to be miraculously better. It's, it's, that's not always the case. It's very individual, you know, and it really depends on what you, what other work you're doing as well you know, hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I've been doing brain rewiring and it's every, every day, my number one primary job is to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to advance my healing. It's, mm-hmm. it's never, you know, it, it, that nothing comes second to that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's a very integrative approach. It's definitely not just the energy healing, but that is that is one component and there there are so many other you know holistic natural things that we can do to really you know to really help improve mm-hmm. our health so yeah yeah i totally agree <laughs> if you were to you know certainly you've you've been through it you've been you know through the ringer and back and if you could share from your experience and from you know from your perspective as a coach and a healer one or two things that my audience could do today just to start the healing process. What would, what would those suggestions be? I think it would really be about what's the one thing that you are thinking about every day. That's really making you feel sad and negative Mm. and to start with one, that one thing Um, because it's not just, it's not always going to just be one thing. So if we can just start with one thing, that's a start. And just to really get in touch with that part of yourself. What does that part of yourself feel like? Is it who you are now? Or is it a person who you were in the past? Were you a child when this had happened or made you feel this way? And I think it's just about reconnecting with yourself. And if you can just try and put yourself in the shoes of this part of you that's feeling negative and to create a relationship with that part. And you can do that by journaling. Um, I think journaling is really, really helpful. And just perhaps put yourself in to the shoes and sit with that person and write as if you are that person, as if you are that part of yourself. Really embody those feelings um, and see what comes up. And I think that's the first step is really acknowledging, acknowledging what's going on. Right. And, you know, after acknowledging it, it's about exploring what that part of you needs from you. 
-hmm. and then going from there it's a it's a process but i think the first step definitely definitely would be stop avoiding <laughs> right absolutely stop avoiding okay because it's not going to go away mm -hmm. so sit with it and see what it wants what's it mm -hmm. here to teach you what's it here to say to you you know what can you learn from this right. why is it coming up why is it repeating itself and really mm -hmm. question ask questions yeah, it's good stuff. Thank you. I, so, okay, so let's talk about the soul plan readings. You sent me a soul plan reading, and um, it was really amazing as I was reading through it just to see how much it aligned with my personality and my challenges and my strengths and all of those things. So can you talk a little bit about that? that is and how it works and what people can gain from it if they do that with you? Yes, of course. So I sent you your soul plan chart, is yes. what I sent you, yes. And the chart is based on your birth name, your full, your full birth name as you came into the world, what's on your birth certificate. And this, the soul plan chart is based on the sound vibration of that name. And what happens is that the letters in your birth name are then translated into ancient Hebrew. Um, and it's based on a, an ancient Hebrew text known as a Sefer Yetzirah. I'm not sure if you've heard of that before. I haven't, but I did mention it to my fiance, who's a little bit more religious than I am Jew, uh, Jewish wise. And he, you know, he knows all those things. So okay, he, was, cool. he was impressed. Oh, was <laughs> he was <he? laughs> Amazing. So the he Hebrew alphabet has 22 letters in it. Okay, so the name is translated into these 22 letters and the 22 letters represent the 22 energies of life and creation. Now, these energies are going to be, the energies of these letters are going to be the dominant energies that you're going to carry throughout your entire life, even if you change your name. Um, and these energies will tell you pretty much what challenges you're likely to go through. So worldly challenges. So we're looking at the external world. Uh, we're looking at um, health, relationships, career, childhood, and also spiritual challenges. So that's your inner world. What are your spiritual gifts? What do you need to kind of cultivate those gifts? Um, what are your spiritual gifts? What challenges are you going to face when you kind of come into your spirituality come into and connect with your spirit but there's also um, elements of what your talents are so what are you naturally talented your soul has a contract and this contract is literally written in in your name and this is what the soul plan chart is is it's a contract of your soul it's going to tell you your challenges your talents and your goals and ultimately what you're here to do in this lifetime but it's not just what you saw on the chart of the symbols and the numbers and the details. It's so much deeper than that. Um, you have astrological aspects. There is guidance on how you can navigate your challenges and overcome them. There is guidance on what kind of tools and self-help methods you could use along with affirmations and it's a lot of information. Right, <laughs> it really yes. is. And the chart, so in a reading, I would literally um, read the chart for you and interpret that for you. Um, and then at the end of the reading, 
I would do an energy um, activation and clearing, which would activate your soul, own soul plan, your own soul contract, which would mm-hmm. then release any uh, limiting beliefs or anything that's not serving you at this time or not serving your soul any further. Um, so you can kind of up level, upgrade and, and take a leap straight into the next level of your life. But it also clears like karma, past life stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So the chart and the symbols itself activate on a DNA level when you're sat with somebody giving you a reading as well. So it's very in-depth. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Because receiving it was wonderful and reading through it, but I'm sure going through a soul plan reading with you would be a whole other level. And like you said, you get it to activate. Yes. You know, yes. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. So interesting. Thank you. What other offerings are you, do you have now or do you have coming up that you'd like to share? So I will be opening a group coaching program mid-January for anyone who is struggling to overcome sexual trauma. I'm very passionate about this and I am allowing people to join the wait list at the moment as I plan all the content and everything like that. Um, obviously the soul plan reading and I have just taken on my last client for this year's one-to-one intake as well um, Mm. for the coaching plan but also energy healing so there's quite a lot of things that I do Bonnie yes (laughs) so many strings to my bow yeah (laughs) I love it I love it that's great that's the the more the better you know we all we all need we all need as much help as we can get so Mm. it's wonderful So Sinead, the name of the show is The Chronically Courageous. So can you tell us what courage means to you? How do you define courage? That is a good question. Take your time. It's when you... Courage for me is when you feel the fear and do it anyway. when you hit rock bottom and you rise like a motherfucking phoenix (laughs) love it (laughs) have to mark this episode explicit for a couple of reasons but that's okay (laughs) that's awesome and you've certainly done that so congratulations to you for for doing that and for you know taking everything that's been given to you and turning it around into just something really really amazing and beautiful and you know helpful to so many people out there that that need your your gifts i mean you know you you're obviously you were given so many gifts you know not everything that you've learned has is something that can be studied in school it's you know it's things that your soul was given so I know I'm, I'm very grateful to, you know, be in your presence and to be able to learn from you and, and perhaps we will work together at some point as well. I would love that, Bonnie. I'd be so honest. Yeah. I would too. I, 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 yeah, I see a couple of things that, that may be very interesting with you. So definitely we will, we will keep in touch. Um, so speaking of that, where can people find you? Right now, you can find me on Instagram at heal.with.sinead or my website, which is currently under construction, but I'll say it anyway, it's healwithsinead.life. Okay, wonderful. Great. And of course, I will put all that in the show notes. Anything else that you'd like to say in closing? 
I just want to say thank you. I feel very honoured and very grateful to be in your energy and to have been asked to appear on this show. It's It means a lot to me. Thank you very much. Of course. And it's my, my pleasure and my honour to have you as my guest. Thank you so much <laughs> for your time. All right. Thanks, Bonnie. Sending you love. It means the world to me that you took your time and energy to listen to this entire episode of The Chronically Courageous. If you know others that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player of choice. I welcome your feedback and questions. So please email me at bonnie at thechronicallycourageous.com. That's B-O-N-N-I at thechronicallycourageous.com. As always, I'm sending you so much love, happiness, and healing.